Welcome to the Racket Rundown. A little bit down here. Australian Open's done. A little bit of a lull in the season here, but what what a tournament. What a final. And what a champion. Uh, Yannick Sinner wins his maiden slam. As Ryan said, uh, in the dead of the night when this match ended, Sinner, the winner. Um, this is... Uh, this is incredible for Italian tennis. This is incredible, incredible for this generation of young fellows. Uh, Yannick, alongside his uh, his good buddy Carlos, is now in a special company of uh, being Grand Slam champs. But you got to think, uh, you know, as as awesome as it is to see Sinner win his first major, it's uh, it's painful uh, to see the way Daniil Medvedev lost that final. And I do use the word lost because I think, you know, Sinner played very well, thoroughly deserved that victory. But I do think Medvedev ran out of gas. And I do think had Medvedev had enough gas to play the game style that he was playing the first two sets, he would have won. So it is a bit of a shame for Daniil, but uh, yeah, I mean, what are your guys' reactions? How, what do you, what do you make of that final? Yeah, I mean, um, I it's a it's a match where you know, like I, I guess is is a pretty fascinating uh, viewing experience in all the different phases where you know you had. Uh, Obviously, um, you know, the way Medvedev was playing for the first two sets, um, you probably don't see him play that way if he didn't have to. Um, you know, it's sort of out of necessity given all the time he'd spent on court. But, you know, I think it really uncovered, you know, um, you know, opened people's eyes a lot to, you know, how he's, cap- you know, he, how he's capable of, you know, adapting his game and, um, you know, doing doing a lot of things even that maybe we, even people like me, who I, I've always been very high on Medvedev's ability to do so. I admittedly even, I don't think I'd seen, um, you know, just the level of aggression hugging the baseline um, from Medvedev in those first two sets ever. And, uh, yeah, obviously, eventually we got to a point in the match where, um, you know, he sort of lost the spring in his step. Um, and yeah, you, you could sense the momentum shifting already from, you know, late in the, in the second set a little bit, um, you know, center for his part, I don't even think he really, um, started playing all that well until, you know, by the fifth set, he was right back to like who he'd been the entire tournament. But before that, um, you know, it was still kind of fighting himself to create any type of separation which he did at the back end of both sets three and four and the fifth set's probably the closest we got to both of them playing well at the same time just because Medvedev you know pretty much uh did what emptied the emptied the tank pretty much of whatever he had left to um try and um you know stamp on the brakes a little bit uh but at that point you know center was center had elevated and uh you know, he he took the fifth set. It was, um, you know, it was, it was a pretty, I would say, you know, uh, stuff to assess, you know, how it was on like a 
and like a viewing experience because of of course everything that was on play with uh you know Med Medvedev and you know is the fuel tank but uh, and also you know you, as a as I basically laid out you know you never uh got a consistent stretch really aside from you know perhaps the fifth where both of them are playing you know well at the same time um but at the end of the day of course it's a huge momentous occasion because uh I had I I had sort of you know gotten to a point last year where and this really was only applicable to last year uh because you know 2021 2022 was still you know um it was mostly up to like the Medvedev's Vera of that generation still to you know put up the main resistance against the the aging out um you know Nadal and Djokovic. But last year it was it very much felt like it was just Alcaraz or bust. Even though Medvedev you know played so well in New York to upset him, but uh, for the most part throughout the year it felt like you know the separation between these the next gen guys of that Tsitsipas Vera of Medvedev group. The you know Djokovic had created more separation with them um, than he had two years ago, and he also knocked a knocked off three slams. So it's very I'm, you know from that standpoint, I'm really happy that obviously we got uh, someone else that that's now solidified, and um, you know he already this tournament did his thing with uh, with um, you know upsetting, albeit a really really scrap bad Djokovic match but uh you know I've we've seen him struggle before and guys unable to close him so obviously not to you know that's a little bit of like fanboy in me but to to want to see Djokovic lose but um you know just I think from a unbiased as unbiased as I can be it um as great as his dot you know his dominant no you can't really down downplay it but can get we've seen we've seen the song and dance for over um you know pretty much 15 years now damn near so um i'm just yeah i'm just happy that uh you got your solidified um i guess big three you can go it because there i mean it's not really but uh big three type of grouping up top now So, like, where do you level set the expectations for, you know, Sinner and Alcaraz at this point in time, right? Um, you know, a lot of people are going crazy with this win for Yannick, right? Um, a lot of people expected quite a lot out of Carlos coming out of Wimbledon. Um you know, people said changing the guard at Wimbledon, like it was one singular event, and then Novak came and dominated the American hardcourt swing. So as we look, you know, to the rest of the season here, what do we really expect from Yannick and Carlos? Yannick in particular. Um, um I mean, honestly, for Yannick, I, I mean – Every he's not gonna win every slam this year, and he I don't think he'll win three, even two. And winning another slam this year will still be extremely challenging. But um, you know he's someone that you have to pencil in 
having been, of course, to the quarterfinals at every slam and now having broken through, you have to pencil them in as a as a contender from from here on out uh, at every at every slam. Uh, Australian, French, Wimbledon, U.S. Open. He has to be in the short list of contenders to win. Um, and Akil said big three. You know, I think it's a big four right now with, you know, uh, Alcaraz, him, Medi, and Djokovic. So I think that's the only four guys that you pencil in on that contending status. Obviously, um, yeah, Medvedev always, like, is there for – for yeah. any any time there's cement on the underneath his feet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no um, question about that. You know, if, if Holger, as I've said over and over again, if Holger were to improve his conditioning and stamina in five set matches, which hasn't shown so far, then maybe we could talk about like a big five even. But for now, yeah, we're just we're seeing a big four that those guys as like a big four for contenders for the rest of the season. Um and yeah, I think I think Yannick um could definitely take another slam. I think three is probably too much to ask for. Um I, I think I do think Alcaraz may be the favorite going into the French, um, even with Djokovic having won now three times. Um I think Alcaraz is is motivated to put the semifinal cramping debacle behind him from last year. But um it's gonna be great to see the Alcaraz and a rivalry unfold, um, you know, center med, all the head to heads between the top four, there's interesting storylines and tight matches and contested head to head splits. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's those four guys are the cluster at the top and yeah, I don't see the next, the other next geners other than Medvedev. So we're talking Zverev, Rublev, Tsitsipas, even Hercotch, I don't see them, any of them ever winning a slam. So I'm sticking by that. I mean, what do we think about Medvedev's odds of winning a second? I think that's the question on everyone's mind. I think everyone has liked to say they'd, they'd see Medi win a second grand slam. The thing about it is these young fellows are only going to get better, right? Carlos, Sinner are only going to get better. And unfortunately, Medvedev, has not developed the prowess to really be a factor on clay or grass. And I really think, look, listen, clay Vedev aside. In Rome, you know, I mean, okay, he lost to Sabothville first round and the French, but he has shown to be adapt more adaptable on the different but surfaces. But now a French like, Open champ, you would, you would, I mean, come on. The, the odds of Daniil Medvedev winning the French, given the fact that Carlos Alcaraz is going to be in the mix. Oh yeah, he's never gonna. He's unlike highly unlikely to ever win the French, but he could become someone that can contend for say seven. Yeah, but my question is, what are the odds that Demir Medvedev wins another major? And you've got to think, French Open's out of the question. Wimbledon's probably out of the question. Probably so he not. really has two majors. And the thing about it is, you know, Carlos and Yannick are also great hardcore players. Novak's still going to hang around. I expect Novak to come back, probably win a major this year. And, you know, I think everyone said he was like the second best hardcore player. I don't really know if that's the case anymore. I I don't know if that's going to be the case moving forward either. I Who mean, knows for, like, you know, how much longer, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, just – 
just by virtue, I mean, I get it. He's one in five in slam finals now, but just by virtue of having made three Australian finals and now three, three U.S. Open finals. And, you know, I, I, I think he's bound to, to win another one. Um, you know, he's not going to match Yannick and, well, Alcaraz already has, but they'll far surpass him in slam count, of course. Um, but Medvedev's shown some adaptability of late, you know, like like this finals match coming into the net more. Um, you know, he uh, came into the net uh, 45 times, won 32 of those points, nice 71% conversion rate, um, you know, being able to mix up return position and being able to show some ability to shorten points, which wasn't really his MO for many years. I, I think he does have some adaptability and, um, you know, I, you know, I, you, I think that's a, I think that's a positive sign for him to come. Um, yeah, it's only to get harder to win slams, but you know, it's, uh, there's so many, uh, there's so many, with to, with the depth in today's game that I go back to, and yes, the like the top the strength of the top twenty isn't what it was in prime big three era, but you're seeing early rounds and slams are not always the gimmies that they used to be. Look at Sinner losing to Altmaier last year at the French. Look at this year's Australian Joker losing sets to Prismich and Papirin, who played well above their rankings. Look at even Medvedev losing sets to guys like Atmain um, that are, you know, thought to be a challenger, journeyman players. And you really think that, you know, in today's day and age and, and with how athletic some of these guys are becoming that are coming on tour, you know, it's it's hard not to think of seeing some slams in the future where draws break down and, and you know, Medvedev can take advantage. So I definitely think he's got um, more slams in him. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be very, all... very, it'd be very cruel for him to not win, not win a second, especially now given the two two set leads in in Australia. Um, but I, I, I mean, me personally, I, I walk away pretty encouraged, honestly, about his his chances at a at a second major at some point down the line. Um, you know, he's he uh, that was the question that you know some a couple of people had heading into um the off season this year was you know he's some of some of his the center match have included you know turning around um you know it's seeming like a more and more guys particularly the two at the top with um you know Djokovic having an easier time with Medvedev of late than he used to and Sinner um, you know, going from Owens Owens six to three and six like that, and now four and six. Um, so you know the the it looked like, you know, I was heading into that this off season saying you know Medvedev is probably gonna have to reinvent himself a little bit, and and you know have an answer to you know the book that's been out on him for a while with the you know slices, take advantage of his return position, sort of volley him a bunch. Uh, but you know, I think that obviously, yeah, we highlighted that adaptability was on display throughout the tournament. The fact that he didn't really go to it, um, probably from the jump, the way that he did against Sinner from the get go, um, 
that that's probably what costed him this tournament because I mean, um, if you know fuel tank equal um in the final, obviously it's all hypothetical, so it it doesn't really matter. But I don't I I think you know tennis wise Medvedev Medvedev had the better you know when he was at his best in that match. I think fuel tanks equal. I think Medvedev wins that final, and you know he's. He, it'll be interesting to see because this should be, and he he seemed pretty encouraged, uh, you know, unlike twenty twenty two where he, um, you know, he he was visibly like crushed and and it did weigh on him for the rest of the year pretty much. I don't think that's the case this this year. He said he was very very encouraged. He uh, you know, is the opposite of the kid stop dreaming basically that he said in twenty twenty two, um. And yeah, I think he can definitely take solace from in the fact that um he he can replicate this. Uh he can he didn't wait to, you know, go to this as a last resort against Sinner, and it worked beautifully for him while uh the legs were still there. So, you know, it'll be interesting if he can replicate that, you know, moving forward and you know, perhaps see that type of play out of him in uh yeah, you know, as you know, it's never going to be his go-to, but like, you know, just more of a staple in his game than rather than a last resort type deal. And it'll be tough, you know, it, it is up against him, but, um, you know, simply for the fact that these five finals before this one, he was dealt with the best of old Nadal and Djokovic and, um, now he's you know moving forward even if Djokovic is to you know hang around maybe best case for him like one more one two more years um you know he'll still have to deal with guys that do have you know see it up by the looks of it higher upside than him in Alcaraz center um but you know on his part I think he did he answered all those questions as far as you know trying to do something different Do you think that any of that final really had a mental component to it? Like in terms of Medvedev mentally just not mentally just, you know, breaking down. Like, I mean, yes, of course we can try to isolate it to physical, but you know, it it was just like, you knew from the third set on, you know, I think I called it in, in the second or third set that if Medvedev, you know, lost like the third set, I, I would have serious doubt for him. I'd have a lot of, I, I would be worried because, and, and I think a lot of that did have to do physically, but was it the, was any of this, you know, just focus related or just not thinking he can keep up that level of aggression? Like how much of this was really like, in the head, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he started missing a lot long and, 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 you know, yeah, of course you can try to isolate it to the legs, but, you know, do you think the moment also, you know, do you think he had a little bit of a flashback? Like, you know, does Medi need to work a little bit more on his mental strength? It'd be impossible for him not to, I mean, at least for me, I mean, I can't speak for him. I don't, I'm not in his brain, but it'd be impossible. You'd feel like to not think about 2022 
during those later stages of the match. Um, so I'm, I'm sure it flashed through his head and he chirped with his box a little bit. Um, so I definitely think there was a little mental, but it was probably more, more physical. Um, but yeah, I mean, even in the third, fourth and fifth sets, you know, there were some service games of Yonix that went to Deuce. He had, I think, uh, fourth set, he had uh, four all. He had a break point on Yonix serve. So he still had a couple chances um, after uh, after the first two set dominations to kind of put the match away, uh, even if he didn't outright have any, like, say, match points or serve, serve for it or anything. Um, so he still had a couple looks where he could have, you know, played constructed some points better in later stages but you know it's hard to know how much of that was physical versus mental but definitely physical was the primary factor i think but mental still had to have been there yeah i would probably say it was like 90 percent physical it's i mean it, yeah he had some you know he had the break point chance but other than that it was like half chances the rest of the way and uh True. yeah I, I do remember, you know, I, I don't remember the specifics of how those rallies ended, but I do remember, you know, a couple of them were balls he should have he should have made. Um but yeah, I I don't think it you know, I don't think it was a you know I, I don't really have any moments to point to where I say he choked or he got nervous, he got tight. It is mostly just it yeah, I mean he the, the rally tolerance just you know eroded um through the third and fourth and fifth set it shockingly came up you know he 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 as i said you know he gave everything he had left in the fifth and it's a pretty it's probably the most you know high level set of the match uh probably just off adrenaline and and like a second wind but um you know by that time it was it was too good from from center um on the uh, on the other end um, I you know Medvedev's fifth set record is shockingly like pretty bad considering uh I think he's like seven and ten or something like that after this match. But well, imagine what it was before this tournament. You know, before the Rusevori wins or the yeah uh, the other ones. You know, God. I mean, yeah, he's always been yeah, Rikach, win or the Rikach win. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's always been. <laughs> Someone who you know we've considered to have he is a tank you know physically in in a lot obviously like uh a couple of these matches uh he would have you know he probably would have done himself a favor not going five uh but yeah I uh it's it's a very weird stat for him I I don't know like I. I I would say like this yeah 2022 you know I think Nadal played super brave at points but also you know there there were plenty of moments in that one to point to where Medvedev you could you could say he choked um not as much the case not nearly as much the case uh, here so you know I I I don't I don't know I I I rate Medvedev's mentality pretty pretty highly um especially amongst the the generation he's a part of i think it's by far the best um yeah that's yeah do you think that uh 
you know, like just switching gears a little bit, what do you what do we make of just the collapse of of Novak? Uh just like the the horrific performance he put in in the semi and just you know, where he goes from here, the whole tournament being so poor on his end, Carlos not not getting it done. Like, what do you make about those guys? Just a rough start to the year, uh, some bigger themes. What do we think is going on there? They'll both be back. I mean, Djokovic, um, I I do find it, you know, interesting. It, it definitely does seem like, uh, you know, Djokovic by... Um, you know, just by his words, it seems like it, the end of his career does, you know, I guess it's, it, he said stuff on both ends where, you know, he wants to replicate Brady and played super deep into his career and, you know, mark a new precedent that way. But he also, you know, more recently has been like, I, I, I feel terrible being away, seeing my kids grow up, uh, not being able to travel with them because they're now, you know, and, and they're of the age where they're going to school now. So um, from that standpoint, you know, it does, it feels like he, you know, he, he might not keep going as long as, um, you know, he probably can um, as, as far as his body allowing him to. And, you know, as uh, he might not play as long as, you know, a lot of us feel like he will uh, just because his, he's still in such good physical shape. Um, but you know, once he's back, he's, he's the, he's like the favorite or the second favorite in, in every event he enters pretty much. So he'll be fine. Uh, you know, as no, <laughs> a semifinal of a grand slam still is, you know, the, I, I would have to see a whole lot more, uh, you know, to be like worried about any signs of, you know, some meaningful terminal decline um and alcaraz you know who know who knows if it'll be as good as his start to last year because you know last year was kind of ridiculous with um i, th- I think he won like six out of the out of the 10 events he played uh up until uh up until wimbledon and you know, the pace has obviously slowed since, but he is heading now into his best part of the season. He is, you know, he's awesome in both of those, um, you know, sunshine double hardcore tournaments. They're, they're hardcourts that seem to best suit it. It's the best I've seen him on hardcourts are both in 2022. The best I thought he played was in Miami. And then in 2023, I thought the best he played, uh, was easily Indian Wells, uh, so yeah, and and then Clay, he's you know barring a Nadal resurrection, he's he's the man now on that surface. Um, yeah, as I said at the beginning of the season, I've I I feel, yeah, I still I've even in spite of the results where Djokovic beat Alcaraz at Roland Garros, Alcaraz beat Djokovic at Wimbledon, I would still probably you know it's we're still a ways away from that, but I, you know as things stand, I would still favor Alcaraz as the um, you know, as the favorite at, at Roland Garros and um Djokovic the favorite at Wimbledon. So uh obviously Sinner has has uh inserted him there himself there as well. Um but you know thus far it seems like clay might be his weakest surface and uh 
is already what a semi finalist at Wimbledon and two sets up to Djokovic the year before there and you know early exit last year at Roland Garros. So, uh, we'll I I expect Sinner to be better definitely on clay than he was last. I I thought his clay season was slightly disappointing last year, but um, other than that, you know I. It's pretty much it's pretty standard. I st- I don't really, I still don't feel much has changed. So now, as we uh, switch gears a little bit and think about February and the return of Rafa Nadal, um, what do we expect now coming out of Australia as we look to um, the early spring, late winter part of the season? Yeah, so I can kick this off um, because this part, this next month uh, isn't the most fun for the average casual fan because there are no really big events, no masters, no slams, of course. Um, But there's a lot of um, tournaments that are of lower status, but still have some very interesting draws and uh, interesting storylines. some 500 events in Rotterdam, Netherlands, in Rio, Brazil, in Dubai, and Mexico. Um, Rafa will be back for, he's slated to play um, uh, in Qatar and Dubai. Um, We'll have to see how those ones go. Um, You know, I think part of the reason why he's choosing to play this is because of, you know, he's wants to expand expand his influence uh, on, tennis in the Middle East with his partnership with the Saudi Tennis Foundation. Um, so we'll see how those go. Um, those are always usually have pretty good draws. You get a lot of top 10 players playing like in Dubai who have, you know, Medvedev, Rublev and Hercotch. So, you know, these draws will be tough. And with the 500 draw, ATP 500s, you know, it's usually, you know, you're tested right from the start because there are no buys. Um, so it's a full like 32 draw and you'll, you'll be tested right away. Um, but then, yeah, there's some other good action too. There's some Davis cup action coming up next week. Um, you know, I think the U S could, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, I like your Davis cup roster with, uh, Fritz, Eubanks, Corda, Krychek and Rom. So that's something else to look forward to. Um, and yeah, and then those are some of the big things before, the sunshine double kicks off in March. Yeah, I mean, what is it? Fat? Any thoughts on your boy? Any thoughts on uh, Rafa? What do you expect from him? You think he's going to come out swinging, or is he going to is he going to quit after three rounds and call it a season? No, yeah, I think it'll be great. I mean, um, I don't have any. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I, I was very encouraged by his great by his, you know, play in in Brisbane. Um, you know, it's as long as the body cooperates, he will be fine. He'll be great. That's that's yeah, that's all I can thought. He'll be he'll be fine. I'm just I'm just hoping he doesn't, you know burn himself out before the clay season. Yeah. No, I mean Burr Burr rap more just like injure himself along the way it's but you know that's very much a possibility given how uh, you know how injury prone he's he's becoming like exponentially more injury prone over the last uh year or so so you know we'll see how 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 long he can stay in one piece 
So if we think about like other sleepers from the from the tournament and just guys who had, you know, stand out strong perform- performances in Australia, are there other guys to look out for uh, the rest of the season other than the top four guys that you guys might expect, you know, to, to, to improve or just uh, look out for as we head into, you know, the spring American swing? Well, February in particular is, is Felix's time to shine. So, um, definitely. Well, uh, he, he does, he does love this, uh, brief indoor swing. Um, so, and he, he seemed like he was in a, you know, albeit a pretty lackluster showing against Medvedev and his loss there, but otherwise he seemed like he, he seemed like he started off the year looking better than he did last year, at least. So, you know, we'll we'll see. There's a time that he he seems he typically thrives in. So, I I I'd probably have my eye out on him. He's probably gonna play like a you know hella indoor events uh in in over these next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean he's won Rotter he's won Rotterdam before. He's done well at some of the French indoors. Yeah, and yeah, definitely one to look out for. Um, on my end, um... Alex Michelson, uh, Mickelson, is that, what do you think about Mickelson's prospects for the year? Oh, I, I like, I uh, you know, of course I'm heavily biased, but you know, I, I think he can, uh, make some headway at some of the American events coming up, um, the two fifties in Dallas and Delray beach, which I will be at that one in, uh, in Florida. So I'm looking forward to that, but, um, I think he can make some headway there. You know, it's an event events that you know have faster courts that favor big servers forehand big serving and forehand types like himself um other americans look out for i think ben shelton um has a lot of points to pick up now post australian open of course it was disappointing to see him you know lose to manarino when we all thought we could pencil in the djokovic rematch in the fourth round but you know he lost a lot in between Wimbledon and um, in between Australian Open and U.S. Open last year. So he has a lot of points he can pick up in, in the median. So I'm expecting to him to pick up a title or two um, during this this February run and, and into March. Um, so uh, he's, you know, of course, also the big serving forehand uh, prototype. So I definitely, you know, expect him to do well. Um other guys, it'll be interesting to see how Nuno Borges backs up a surprise second week run, second ever Portuguese player to break into the top fifty after Jao Sosa. Um, he's a under the radar guy. Uh, hit very, hits a very nice heavy ball. Um, yeah, I want to see the the some of the young the French... Americans. What? Oh, I, I thought you were going to say some. I thought you were going to talk about even more Americans, but. Okay. Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. Some of the young French contingent, um, Hugo Umbert, who's been around for several years, you know, he, you know, he, he's one to maybe, you know, he likes his time of year. He, uh, you know, Arthur Feast has future top five potential written all over him. Luca Van Asch, you have um, uh, Arthur Cazo, who upset uh, Holger Runa down under. Um, and so, um, that's definitely something those are definitely some guys to look out for too. Jerry Shang, a lot of the young guys, Jack Draper, 
that's what I'm most excited to see in, in February is, is a lot of the young talent. You know, I, I'm curious, just like really briefly touching on, uh, you know, some of those guys, uh, Mickelson in particular, like, what do you think, you know, is, is the standout quality of his game? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh i i know you're not very high on him now um but i definitely think he's he's got a good serve and, and hit his spots on his serve um good kick um you know solid forehand of course the movement's kind of weak right now but i i think that'll improve with time and you know a very rangy guy and good wingspan so you know it, once you know as he improves his reaction time and and coordination as he grows into his body more you know, I think he's not someone where I'd be worried about having serious limitations on, on tour. So that that's my perspective. So do we think top two in the world in the future, uh, multiple Grand Slam champion? Or like, what do you think's the uh, the expectation for, for Rickleson here? No, I mean, you know what? I'm going to play a safe with the Americans because in the past I've been maybe a little too ballsy. So you know, I, I don't want to make future calls on future slam winning guys, but, you know, you know, I think Ben Shelton, you know, it, it's a possibility for, you know, Ben Shelton and hopefully someone else, you know, has eventually grows into the potential to, you know, go, go all the way. But it's just going to be very hard given Yannick's emergence and Carlos and Djokovic still a factor probably for a few more years and then Medvedev. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's wait and see. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of great Americans emerge in this time, but yeah, there seems to be a lot of young fellows coming up here. Um, I guess any sort of thoughts on, uh, you know, the way that the, the season is open and any sort of like, you know, kind of looking at the rest of the season, does the Australian Open in isolation change your outlook really a whole bit on the season? Um, you know, are you really shocked by any particular results or uh, performances? Do you think the Auss Aussie Open is a good indicator for the season? Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of curious what we think. Here. Um, I, really, I mean, the – the big, the biggest thing is honestly the the winner. Uh, for for me, uh, I I thought it was great seeing this this arc of Sinner going, you know, basically just that's a little bit also of what you know carried him to victory. Just the phenomenon that you see with guys that are on a roll like this sometimes, uh, where you know you just it, it's like you forget how to lose and Sinner even without his best stuff for, uh, most of that final just uh. Yeah, you know, stayed the course in a way that, um, yeah, it's just a culmination. I think that of you know all all the great work he's done with it's it's really been mind blowing. Um, how he's just evolved as a player. You, it's it's like within a couple month fragments too. Like even you know it seemed like he'd gotten I, I've. I've said this a lot, but it seemed like he'd gotten a, much, a lot better just from the beginning of last year. Then he started taking the boxes with a deep major run that, you know, still a lot of us weren't that impressed with. Then a big title. And then 
after that's where he got like exponentially better as a player um you know and now you look there's there's just like not many weaknesses left with him um yeah as i that's that's the one you know it's so it's just an awesome arc you know he um He's been beating the best of the best for the better part of the th- of three months of the last three four months, and um, yeah, no, it's uh, everybody that you know said that uh, this this run was seeming you know twenty eleven or oh eight slash twenty eleven Djokovic coded definitely, um, yeah, I mean that's looking good. It's just uh. Uh, start to finish a grand slam you know where he was the best player at the event so um that was the last the last piece you know i honestly i wouldn't even have held it against him i i would have been saying the same thing that missing piece was um you know checked off even had he lost the final just because he got the djokovic win and looked so great the entire event so you know i it's a huge, huge moment. That's and that's the biggest, biggest takeaway for me. He's, you know, the Onyx Center stamped now. Any, uh, any closing thoughts uh, as we kind of conclude here? Um, you know, obviously, I think it's fair to say that we're all a bit, uh, a bit. Uh, kind of on a downer after such a big tournament. But uh you know, I guess uh Andy Murray maybe briefly touching on that that loss that he had here um to Benoit Pair. I know it's a very specific result, but you know, what do you make of Andy Murray's uh you know current state and you know, do we think that he should retire and, and call it a career? Sadly, um I, I think I think this might be the year um, I watched that full match in Montpellier today to Benoit. And, and to be fair, it was a very partisan crowd and it was a Davis cup atmosphere, which is rare for a two fifty. Was that during the workday, Ryan? Was that uh, during the nine to five? Uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, multitasking is a thing. Um, but no, I mean, to be fair, you know, Benoit after a terrible first step really stepped it up and really fed off the crowd. Um, it was a great atmosphere. And there was, you know, questionable lion call late in that third set. But anyways, um, no, it definitely doesn't bode well for Murray. And, you know, the Echeverry loss at, at the first round of the Australian just looked kind of listless, wasn't even barking to his box or anything like he usually does. So um, I definitely think this could be the year, you know, he's going on 37 now. Um, you know, he's he's had some valiant matches and some, you know, cool brief um you know flashes of his former self during this metal hip era run but he is yet to you know you know win a title or he made a couple like lower level finals but really make a run in a slam or in a masters really so i think he's seeing the writing on the wall now that he's no longer in contention anymore for any tournament um any significant tournament i should say um so i I do think probably this is the year um, he'll definitely want to probably, if I'm going to guess retired either Wimbledon in front of 
a home crowd where he's won twice already, or maybe at the Olympics where he's had so much success and won, you know, two gold medals in uh, 2012 and 2016 singles. So um, I think, yeah, I think he's, I think it's about time and it's unfortunate. Um, you know, he's had an easily first bout hall of fame career, um, you know, and I think, you know, having grown up and peaked and, you know, it coinciding with the big three era um, and having to play so many finals against Rafa, I mean, uh, well, Rafa, but more so Fed and Djokovic, um, uh, it, it just really has shown that, you know, he was, you know, truly, you know, Max, you know, truly belonged um you know, as an all-time legend, being able to go toe-to-toe, toe-to-toe with these guys, uh, even though he wouldn't always win, um, he was able to, you know, give it his all 100% on the court and, you know, really gave us so many great memories. Um, and yeah, you know, so yeah, that, that that's what I think. Yeah, it's getting ugly for him too. Um, you know, it's not just this year because most of this metal hip era, we've been thinking, you know, he could benefit from. It's really because he's he started so low down in the ranking. Right? Like he's playing good tennis, and he could benefit from a higher ranking instead of getting all these brutal draws. But after exactly. Wimbledon last year, they haven't. They've stopped being close shaves, and you know they're not necessarily with elite competition. Um, you know, he got. Bl- Dimitrov has been elite, but like he got blown out by Dimitrov at the U.S. Open, um, and you know these these results to start the year have just been tough. He's one in one one in nine in his last ten matches, and you know today's was giving Benoit Paris first win since twenty twenty two. So yeah, it's wow. it's it's looking tough. It's looking rough for him. Wow, man. that that's ridiculous. I didn't know it, was, it had been that long. Um, well, it's yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah, that is that's wild. Um, you, know, you wish you kind of wish that they played that video from the Australian Open this year rather than uh, whatever year that was when they thought that, yeah, right, yeah, you know, back in 19 when they had Andy Murray retiring awkwardly, you know, because he deserves he fully deserves uh, you know, the love and praise and celebration at every venue he goes to, uh. You know, I, I hope he does kind of make a call on on his career soon and and decide on that so that you know every venue that he's at he gets thoroughly celebrated and doesn't go under the radar. Um, yeah, I and I, I one more point on that. I think this is I think I've mentioned this before. I think this is going to be a huge year in retirements. We could see Murray, of course, Rafa's said likely as last year. You know, Stan is 38 going on 39. You know, you know, he still show, showed a couple of flashes last year, but I think, um, you know, age and, and knee injuries and stuff catching up to him. Um, those are three there. Uh, of course, I don't think, you know, it'd be highly unlikely to see Djokovic retire, but um, uh, there's a couple others too. I'm trying to think off the top of my head who else would be on the list. Other guys that have been top 10 in their careers, like, you know, Verdasco's of the world might retire. Gasquet's of the world. Monfils also. Um, this could be a swan song. So this, I think this is going to be a very emotional year in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these guys, we, we grew up with these guys, watching these guys. Uh, we didn't grow up with these guys. We're a little younger than them, but we did grow up 
watching their matches, watching their classics. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a sad year in some ways, but uh, what a beautiful start to the, to the season with, uh, you know, some really, really inspiring signs for this generation. Um, you know, we, we really do have some champions here in Alcaraz Center, and I, I truly do believe Holger Rune is going to get there. And I also think uh, Ben Shelton is going to be that guy to break the American curse. And I think that, uh, yeah, this generation just has a lot of great, great guys and great champions. So I'm excited uh, for the rest of the season. Um, uh, super excited to, to see what comes up. So, yeah. Thanks for chatting guys. Thanks for tuning in guys. See you next time.